Hello, and welcome back to the Save the Cat podcast. I'm Naomi Beatty, and I'm here again today with my guest, Don Roth. Hey, Don. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Hi, good, good. I'm, I'm glad you're here again. Thanks for joining me. Thank Thanks for having me. It's, I love doing these. These are great. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Um, so today, we're, we're back to talk about um, the Save the Cat beat sheet. We're continuing our deep dive into this topic. And um, specifically today, we want to talk about some next steps um, and how you can use the beat sheet in your writing process. Um, because there's lots of different ways to use it, actually. And mm -hmm. some, of, some of them might be new ideas <laughs> to people. So I thought we'd cover a couple of different, um, different ways that we use these in our processes. And um, I know that you have a lot of experience with this. So I think that's yes. the first and probably the obvious way and the way that people tend to use the beat sheet is, um, is at the beginning of the process, right? Like pulling right. out a blank beat sheet and sort of brainstorming the story that you're thinking about writing, mm -hmm. um, using the sections of the beat sheet to kind of like organize your ideas. So I'm wondering, do you still do that now that you're um, such an experienced writer? Oh, absolutely. Um, the, yeah, the first thing I do is once, you know, once the idea kind of, you, you kind of get excited by the idea. Um, it's really a, about thinking about, you know, okay, who's the best, who's the character who's best served in this idea? You know, who can, who can best, because you can bring in the wrong character um, mm, for, mm -hmm. for an idea. Um, as a matter of fact, I, you know, I wrote a script where it was completely the wrong character that uh you know to occupy the space and and you know i was getting a lot of bad notes back for it um so once you you know you get your idea you're kind of excited about it. you're like oh what you know what's this character who's going to go through this journey you know and i usually i i usually start with the um i usually start with the uh the final image always like i was like what what do i want to happen at the end for this character. Does this character die? Does, do they not change? Do they change? You know, obviously there should be some kind of change mm -hmm. if you want your story to be interesting. Um, and then I kind of work backwards. I go back to, you know, it's like I kind of go to the opening image and it's like, how is this character so completely opposite of what they've gone through? And I kind of work backwards that way. Um, and just sort of, you know, fill. I usually do the six, the six primary beats first. It's like, okay, you know, after I've, I've done the, the final image, then I kind of go to the opening image, um, and it's like, okay, this, you know, character is completely different. Then it's like, okay, what's, what's the catalyst moment that starts this whole journey? Then what's the break in two, you know, mm -hmm. midpoint, um, and then the break in three. And then, then the other beats kind of get filled in along the way because they're naturally, you know, obviously between cat, you know, between uh, catalyst and break in two, you've got debate. So obviously, you know, logically, these things have to happen in order for the break in two to happen. So those those beats just kind of logically fill in, you know, so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah, that, <laughs> I was just going to say that's you said a couple of things that I think are really important and probably right. um, things that or maybe things that people wouldn't um, think about, which is you don't have to start at the top when you're doing this. No, <laughs> so not at all. At the opening image, it's it's a smart idea, I think, to start with the final image because Absolutely. you're you're looking at like you're sort of setting a target for where you want the entire story to aim, right? Exactly, so, exactly. So that gives you direction, and then you can kind of like reverse engineer what steps you need to take to get to that final destination, which is great. Um, and Absolutely. then the, the other thing I think you said that um, that I thought was really key is that 
doing, you know, using the, um, the beat sheet kind of early in the process allows you to sort of experiment and figure out if you're, if you have the right character at the center of your story, because uh -huh. you're using the beat sheet, you're laying out kind of, um, you know, an overview of one character's journey through the story. And so right. that's like a quick litmus test. If you lay out kind of the big broad strokes of your story on the beat sheet and you say, oh, this character doesn't actually, you know, change that much or doesn't seem affected by the, by the journey that they're going on, then maybe you have the wrong main character, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really smart. Um, so, so, Moving on from kind of the initial brainstorming and um, testing of the idea, when you settle on, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to start developing this story now and kind of you settle on one idea and start your process there. Um, do you continue to use the beat sheet? And if so, what does that, what does that sort of look like? How do you use it? Right. With the beat sheet, I don't, <laughs> it's funny once I have a beat sheet I do I keep it in the back of my mind but I don't like you know and I check in with it every once in a while but I don't like just having it next to me and like okay what's next you know because <laughs> yeah. I feel like kind of like a a cook in a short you know a short order cook in the back you know trying to work you know the <laughs> you know the customer has their order and I'm trying to you know cook up the ingredients and look at the you know looking at what they want. I feel like that. I feel like I'm just this kind of short order, you know, chef in this you know, grimy kitchen in a greasy school oh. restaurant. And so I kind of like, uh, I, I kind of just like, know, I, I know where the kind of the next bit of the story is going to happen. So I still like that discovery process writing. Um, I, I want to find out, you know, how these characters, you know, speak and how they inter interrelate and everything like that. So I know kind of where I'm going with it. Um, but uh, it, it, it can change and evolve. And I've even changed genres in the middle of it. It's like, um, I've, I've had it where I thought it was, you know, a dude with a problem, but it was actually more of a superhero by the time I got, you know, done with it. Mm. Um, so that's happened too. Um, but the thing is, I had that initial beat sheet, um, you know, so, so I do have it laid out. It can change during the course of the story because sometimes, uh, you know, the characters, characters evolve and they don't care about your beat sheets. So they, 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 they have their, their kind of their own story to tell. Um, but again, going back to that final image, well, as long as I've got that in mind, you know, that, that end point in mind and, and how it's going to kind of resolve, I'm usually okay. Even yeah. if those other beats kind of change a little bit. Um, so, the, so the beginning beat sheet, and you could almost do an end beat sheet, you know, after you've written it, they can, they can vary, but at least you have a plan and that's, that's going to save you at least a draft. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think um, so too. Yeah, that, yeah. that gives you, like doing the beat sheet up front gives you direction. Exactly. And then, and then if you decide while you're writing, maybe that's not the path you want to take to get to your destination. Exactly that's okay. You know, it's obviously you want to leave room for experimentation and finding better options. Right. Right. But, um, but at and least you kind of have those milestones to hit if you get lost. Exactly. And another uh, thing the beat sheet really does is I was, I'm working with another writer who had this kind of contained thriller idea, which takes place in a very short period of time in one location um, and it's a good idea, but it's a very uh, threadbare kind of idea. And I, um, this, this uh, other person doesn't have any experience with Save the Cat. 
So I kind of put together my own beat sheet based on that person's idea. And I started seeing really where the weak point, you know, where the problem areas of the story are going to be. Obviously, there's going to be a catalyst because this person has to, you know, start moving towards that situation. Mm -hmm. There's obviously a debate where they think, oh, what am I going to do? The break in two, of course, is when they um, embark on that, um, embark on the story. Um, And then I was like, wow, there's this whole big gap of uh, fun and games. I was like, this is where... (laughs) This is a pro. This is going to be a problem. Um, midpoints one beat, right? And I was like, oh. And then I was like, okay. So fun and games is going to be a problem. The bad guys close in is a series of beats. That's going to be a problem. Um, usually, Dark Knight of the Soul is not too bad. It's it is a couple of scenes, but usually that's not too bad. And then obviously the finale. I'm like, those are going to be the three areas because this story is so contained, mm. and there's not much story. Uh, per se, that's really where the invention process is going to have to happen. And, and, and that's, you know, I, I uh, just being a writer, a lot of times the fun and games, it seems like the obvious fun part of the story. It's like, oh, these are all the premise moments. You mm-hmm. know, this is what people signed up for. But uh, filling that, that part in is always difficult. Um, yeah. So, and I think yeah. that's, that's a good, that's a, that's a, another actually good way to use right. the beat sheet that we hadn't. Right. Um, thought of before, which is like, if you're collaborating with someone, it can kind of help you get on the same page as far as, you know, what, what you see the story doing and sort of what, what the shape of it is, where you see different things happening. So yeah, it's a good, um, it's sort of a good like working document to keep if you're uh, working with someone else so that you can kind of put all of your ideas in, in one place and use the beat sheet to kind of shape all of your ideas collectively. So exactly. I, like, I, like that. I, I have another, I have another story. <laughs> I'm working with another writer and he had an interesting idea and he actually began the script. He had, he had the, about the first act written. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of an interesting, you know, idea. I would, you know, I'd probably, I'd be willing to work on this. And I was like, what? I was like, well, you got the first 20 pages. I was like, what, what's the rest of your story? And he kind of didn't really have a solid outline. He kind of was, he was kind of pantsing it, you know, kind of making up as going along. And he kind of wrote down the idea and it really kind of petered out. And I'm like, hmm, this is, this is kind of a problem. <laughs> so at first I looked at the, you know, to, to write the beat sheet, I kind of wanted to look at the genre of the story. And I was like, you know, I think this is an institutionalized story because it was definitely about a person who joins an organization and then they're, you know, under kind of false pretenses. Um, and they realize oh, this organization isn't exactly, you know, what they thought it was going to be. And it's a little bit darker and it takes kind of some, some dark twists. And I was like, Oh, this is totally an institutionalized story. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I kind of went back and looked at some institutionalized stories, mostly, you know, like training day and, and stories like that. Um, and I was like, that's, that's where this happens. And then I, I presented that to the writer and they're like, yes, that's exactly, you know, kind of what I wanted to do with this. So that, um, you know, that put the, that put the story on the right course <laughs> as far as that goes. So yeah, yeah knowing, your, knowing your genre is very helpful too, because I was like, well, it's not monster in the house. It's not buddy love. It's, you know, so knowing your, knowing your, um, genre early on can really inform your beat sheet too. So yeah, I, that makes sense because then right. you, as you're sort of working out the details of the story, if you get stuck or you're not sure which direction to take it, you can kind of 
think about the genre and how those types of stories tend to work and see exactly. if that, you know, see if that pattern kind of works for your story as well. Exactly. Yeah. And it can be, you know, a slippery slope because I, I thought, well, it could be a Bundy Love because the character meets kind of the beast story at the catalyst. And that, you know, we talked about the, the catalyst beats, you know, earlier. And mm -hmm. I was like, um, you know, that could have been sort of a Bundy Love, but you know, the overarching story was definitely institutionalized. So mm. yeah, I, that, that, that will save you a draft too, knowing your, your <laughs> genre. And like I said earlier, not to contradict myself, sometimes the genre can change as you're writing it, but yeah. if you have a, a pretty solid idea of what your story's going to be, you know, you can save yourself a lot of time in rewriting. Uh, this is coming yeah. from a who's rewritten a novel seven times. <laughs> never figured out. So uh, I will trust me. I will, you know, anything helps if you can save some, some, some drafts. So. Yeah. And I, and I think too, like just to piggyback on what you were saying, you know, your genre can change. Everything can change because it's all right. about finding the best thing for your story, but it does right. help you. It helps to have a little bit of direction. Right. And then right. you might, you might go down that direction, go down that path and say, oh, you know, I actually think the better option is this way instead. And, and that's great. Mm -hmm. you're, you're figuring out what works best for your story. So Exactly. Um, it still comes down to how, you, how your character, I mean, every story is about how this character is going to transform. I mean, yeah. beat sheet aside, that's what the story is. That's why we watch stories, you know, that yeah. we want to, we want to empathize with this character and then we want to see, see them grow and transform. You know, we see ourselves in a way as, uh, you know, at least relating to this protagonist in some way. I mean, that's why yeah. we fall on the journey. So at the end, how are they going to transform? So if you have that in mind, at the very least, you know, you're probably going to do okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Good rule of thumb. That's the basic. Right. <laughs> um, right. Okay. So I have to ask you about the um, Don Roth trademarked beatment. The beatment, yeah, yes. What, what is it, and what what would you do with it? <laughs> well, of course, I got I, I adopted beatment from scriptment, um, uh -huh. and scriptment it was probably made most famous by James Cameron, who back I think it was in the late '80s or early '90s was writing the Spider-Man movie, um, and he wrote. Uh, you know, and you could find it on the internet. It's, it's a great read, a fun, great read anyway, is he wrote uh, basically a treatment, but he put in a lot of dialogue um, and little scene bits like a script. So it was kind of, I think he, I think he's the one who coined scriptment, mm -hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken. And so when I, you know, was writing um, beat sheets, I started as, you know, as I get an idea and I'm really excited about it. I start finding scenes, you know, scenes start happening, bits of dialogue start happening. Mm. You know, ideas just come, sometimes just come to me, just boom, fully formed. And I'm just kind of struggling to kind of put all that together. Like, oh, I don't want to lose that. Because um, sometimes you get these great ideas. If you don't write them down, you know, you just, you yeah. know. Because <laughs> sometimes, it, you know, I get an idea and like, say, Claire at 16, I got the idea a year before I actually started writing the book. Mm. So you can, a lot happens in a year and you can forget some of those, you know, scenes and some of those are just, you know, some of those moments are gold. Yeah. So I, you know, as, as those, you know, bits of dialogue and scenes start coming in, as I have my beach sheet, I start kind of placing them like, oh, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely a fun and games there. That's definitely, uh, oh, that's, that's definitely Dark Knight of the Soul part. And I start kind of putting that together 
So when sometimes I have the beatment, which is, you know, a beat sheet probably out now. <laughs> I'm a word count guy because I'm a novelist. <laughs> Most a typical beat sheet is going to be pretty short, like 600 to 1000 words, which is like, that's like two, that's like two pages single spaced. Mm hmm is about 500 words. Abatement um, is actually closer to kind of what I write on the Save the Cat um, website every month. That, those, oh, okay. <laughs> I turn those in, I turn those into the editor, uh, BJ, and those are 4,000 words long. <laughs> okay, those are like four times the length. And the reason I do that is because I want people to have you know, those are definitely, I call them beat sheets plus, um, because those, I want people to have the movie experience as they're reading the beat sheet, you know, because some mm -hmm. people might not have seen the movie or they might have forgotten the movie. And so I try to write it to, so they can have that complete movie experience. Um, so I'm not just checking off the box. This happens, this happens, this happens. I wanted to, I wanted to completely, you know, envelop them. Mm -hmm. So those would could be kind of considered uh, beatments in a way because they're, I'm a, almost, I almost put every scene of the movie in there. Um, sometimes I'll gloss over it like, oh, this happens, this happens, this happens. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely more of a fully formed, it's, it's not quite a treatment, mm -hmm. um, but it's more than a beat sheet. And that's where I kind of came up with beatment. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, it's, so do, yeah. You, do you write those for your own um, sort of part of your process for fleshing out the story? Or do you write yes. those when you're trying to like pitch a project to someone? Um, I usually, when I pitch a project, I, it's pitching, of course, you know, is like, it's kind of like speed dating. It's like, <laughs> you don't want to put a lot of, it's, it's, it's kind of a slippery slope because you want to put enough effort into it to try to sell the project, mm -hmm. but you don't want to put so much effort into it that if they say no, you've just spent all this time on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you really just kind of want to tease them enough to know that this idea is tantalizing and it has legs. Um, and so usually with a pitch, I wouldn't, I would probably just go with a traditional beat sheet, you okay. know, 600 to a thousand words. Um, if I, if I'm serious about developing this into an idea or I, I have turned in beat sheets once, once the pitch, um, you know, once the pitch is complete, then I've turned in, um, a, be a beatment where I've written out the whole thing, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, but that's uh, still as, as sort of part of the continued development process. Right, right. Yeah. And I'll always, if, if it's an idea that I'm interested in, in pursuing, I will definitely, you know, write out a beatment um, just for my own, for my, for my own um, edification of the yeah. story. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's really cool. It, yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, I, um, I, I for Snowblind, I, I, when I wrote that novel, um, I, it was, it was just going to be a one-off story. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, there's really more of a story here. And so I guess how long has it been like a year and a half? I came up with a, the prequel idea and I wrote out a beatment and I still haven't had time to sit down and write that novel yet, but the beatman is there. And a lot of the ideas, which I probably would have forgotten now, you mm -hmm. know, and, and little bits of story and ideas and themes, it's all in there. So whenever I do go back and, and write that novel, um, you know, I kind of have this treasure trove uh, of, of information and things I was thinking about and what was getting me excited about at the time. Yeah, so that's a, it's I, a really good way to sort of, um, 
collect all of your ideas and put it them into, into a coherent form, like you're saying, so that, because, you know, we all have a ton of ideas, right? So it's a good way right. to kind of catalog those and get them off your mind, but not lose anything. So you can always come back to it and start that project if you decide to work on it, you know? It is. And oddly enough, the, the meat of the, of the beatment really is the fun and game scenes, the bad guys close in scenes, the debate scenes. Um, usually that's where the meat of those really they, they just kind of organically go especially the you know the fun and games part um so because of course those those beats are are multiple scenes rather than single scenes like uh, yeah uh, the yeah. midpoint and things like that so yeah which yeah. we talked about on or which i think i talked about on an earlier episode so <laughs> right right exactly. yeah exactly. it's all coming yeah. back around <laughs> yeah fun and games is really scary you know what before i was using save the cat and was just writing early screenplays i think the first screenplay i wrote i was really i was using the sid field uh the book screenplay which everybody was using back in the 90s you know and you know act two was just this it was like okay you break it here in act one and here's act two and act two is this barren landscape of like <laughs> what do i fill in here until i get to act three you know right it reminded me of that scene in lawrence of arabia when they're trying to cross the desert uh you know it's just this vast <laughs> wasteland like what do i do here and at least you know when you have the midpoint then it's like okay now i only have to get up to half of this second so half of that's you know half of that uh, has already been crossed, but yeah. still, you know, the fun and games is a bolt, the bulk of your script. I mean, there's a lot, uh, you know, it's probably at least 25% yeah. of your script. Yeah. It's a good so, 25%. Yeah, exactly. So that is a lot of landscape to cover. So you really have to, you know, throw scenes at it um, that are going to, you know, kind of organically build to that midpoint. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I, that's, I know that's a problem area for me. So that's, that's one I definitely, uh, I really concentrate on when I'm, when, I'm when you're doing your beatment. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> good. Okay. So, so we have one final way that we talked about, um, using the beat sheet in our individual processes. And that is using the beat sheet to organize a rewrite. Do, mm -hmm. you, do you do that? Very. Yes. And uh, case in point again, um, when I wrote uh, Claret 16, my novel, back in 2013, I think, yeah, 2013, um, I, I didn't have any, I kind of, the only thing I knew is I kind of wanted a happy ending. Um, so I wanted things to work out for Claire. Claire, of course, is a 16-year-old girl who has multi-personality disorder, and she kind of gets caught up in a murder investigation um, when she kills somebody in self-defense. Um, uh, but of course, she doesn't feel like she killed him. It was her other personality, the other yeah. what she calls the other Claire, and you know she's under a police investigation. And so I really wanted it to turn out okay for Claire. Mm -hmm. uh, so that when I writing the story, all I had was like I know it. I want it to end happy, and 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 Claire, you know, gets off, and I, and I want this to be interesting. So when I was I was writing it, the only thing that was in my mind was. What, what, is, what interesting thing can happen next? What can happen next? You know, um, and I was just kind of entertaining myself. And I wrote the first draft of the book in like six weeks, which is mm -hmm. like 10,000 words a week. Um, it's a short, pretty short novel. 
um, so when I went back to rewrite it, um, I kind of sat on the project for a number of years and then uh, the book on a number of years. And when I went back to rewrite it, I was like, I originally just wanted to do a beat sheet so I could get a clear overview of the whole story without having to keep re -re going back and rereading this, this, the book. You mm -hmm. know, 60,000 words, is, it's not long, but it does, it is an involved process of rereading. Re so I was like, I just want to get a quick overview of what the book is and what the, you know, what the, I didn't even know what the genre was when I was writing it. Um, so I went back and did a beat sheet of it um, just so I could say, oh, here's, here, here we are, quick breakdown of the, of the book, you know, because mm -hmm. um, I was getting also ready to write the sequel too. And I wanted to see, oh, where are the beats lie in the original book? And as I was doing that, I went, I noticed this like, ah, the B story here is really weak. There's like no <laughs> theme stated moment here that's very solid. Um, the B story is actually kind of vapid and weak. <laughs> and, and of course, um, it kind of, the book kind of made the rounds as it was be, being um, going from production company to produ production company, people interested. And it was getting really great feedback, except the B story. <laughs> so I, and so of course, knowing, you know, knowing that I, I, knowing that I was like, yes, of course. And so I had, I, you know, had fixed, was able to fix the B story before, you know, it went out. Um, I, it would, I would definitely would have gotten, you know, stronger feedback, but um, you know, so in my rewrite, when I do eventually uh, rewrite before it goes out for publication, you know, I definitely will be hitting those B, those B story elements in that, that more romantic element that uh, that's in the story. But it was all because of the beach, you know, beating it out, um, you know, post, post writing it. Um, I, I will definitely have a more pointed attack about going in and fixing and, and reworking the novel without yeah. just, you know, randomly just going in and because you can actually do a lot of damage if you don't know what you're doing and a rewrite, you can actually make it worse. Yeah. So you really have to have a point of attack and, and also rewrites can just seem overwhelming when you don't know what, what, what you need to fix. Right. So, so yeah, if you're, you are a pantser instead of a plotter and just, you know, right by the seat of your pants um, and beat sheets intimidate you, it's okay. You know, that's totally fine. Um, get lost in the writing process and, and, and the story, but then go back and beat out your story and kind of, you know, see the forest for the trees, you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. And it will definitely help you because if you, you are writing by, you know, pantsing it, you are going to have several, you know, drafts of, of rewrites. Yeah. Um, just that's that just story. The process. Exactly. Cause you're kind yeah. of going you're kind of a loose cannon, just kind of writing it and discovering it. So that beat sh uh, she can really rein it in and you can really see where you need to tighten things up at. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know that a lot of people do that, but I do think using the beat sheet as sort of a rewriting tool is mm -hmm. really helpful because, um, you know, even if you, whether you're a pantser or a plotter, if you write a draft, you know, even if you're a plotter, you have written the draft sort of based on what you, what you intended to put on the page based on your beat sheet, right? But right. that that might not be what is actually on the page. <laughs> so, exactly. So, you know, using the beat sheet after you've written a draft to, um, to sort of see what you have in there and, and put it all on, you know, on one beat sheet, um, sort of as an organizational tool to see what's already there. It allows you to see the weak points of the story that exists. And then you can exactly. kind of direct your rewrite at tightening up the structure or filling in the parts that need more, you know, 
uh, need more sort of emotional journey or whatever it is. Right. So, and I would recommend, you know, after you've written that first draft, if time allows, you know, give yourself a month, six weeks to kind of, um, you know, kind of disconnect yourself emotionally from the, from the book or the, or the, the script that you've written, you know, if time allows, you, you definitely need some, some time from it and then go back and, and, you know, read it and beat it out um, as if somebody else had, has written it mm-hmm. um, and just kind of pretend you're doing it as an assignment and you will have the most objective possible um, experience with it. You know, like I said, when I wrote Claire 16, I wrote it in 2013 and I only last year went back and uh, when there was a lot of interest in it, I went back and beat it out because I was getting ready to write the sequel. Um, so I had quite, you know, I, the objective experience of, of a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that really allowed me to, to be, you know, very cold and calculating with it and not, not giving myself any leeway. Like, Oh, you missed it here, Don. Nope. You missed it here, Don. You missed it here, Don. <laughs> so, um, and that, you know, and that's how people are going to look at my work anyway, um, yeah. because they don't have the emotional connection to it until hopefully after they read it, but, um, they're going to, they're going to be looking for the, the weak points. And yeah. so, yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, well, this is good. I'm, I'm glad we had, um, we had so many different ways to use the beat sheet that we could cover today. I hope that it's useful to people. Maybe yes. you, maybe you haven't thought about using the beat sheet in one of these sort of phases of your development. And so maybe it gives everyone some, um, some new ideas about how they can sort of check in with the beats all throughout their process of developing a story idea from, from the very beginning brainstorm to even rewriting a draft of it using the beat sheet. Um, so yeah, so thank you for joining me again, Don. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, to everyone listening, we'd love to hear how you use the beat sheet. If you've tried using the beat sheet in any of these sort of phases of your rewrites um, of your development process. And um, that's it for our, for our deep dive into the beat sheet. Um, Please comment and let us know what you thought. Uh, Yes, please do. I love seeing how, I love the writing process. I love hearing what other writers do because part of it, (laughs) you know, it's, it's really entertaining to me and exciting. And I love, you know, stealing those ideas when I can. I'm like, oh, I want to try it that way. Because no no two project you write is ever the same. I've never approached a writing project the same way twice. So Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to see what other people are doing, you know? Yeah, and sometimes you get ideas that (laughs) maybe, you know, maybe you wouldn't have thought of yourself and you're like, ooh, next time I, next time I'm working on something, I'm going to try it that way and see if that... You know, yeah. see if it helps. So, yeah. So, Definitely please let comment. us know in the comments and um, let us know what your process looks like and how you use the beat sheet in that process. And that's it for us. Um, until next time, happy writing. Happy writing.